0: What's good everybody and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good show here for you on this weekend of May the twenty-second, Saturday, or Sunday, depending on what day you're listening to this, the year two thousand and twenty-one. Got a good show here for you. On the second to last weekend of the month of may uh, it 's going to be essentially most the majority of it is going to be all over the NBA. recap the two elimination NBA playoff games from Thursday and Friday. Uh, give my two cents on those on those two games to, and then get and then move on later to the NBA playoffs as the first round gets underway this weekend. Um, and then give you a baseball point as far as my Baltimore Orioles are concerned, and we'll be, and I will be on, or excuse me, we will be on our merry way as far as the rest of this weekend is concerned. So let's jump right into it um, with the NBA, and that is the two uh NBA uh, playing elimination games were played the last uh, the last uh, two days. Uh let's begin with the eastern with the east um playing elimination playing game for the 8th seed that took place on Thursday night between the Indiana Pacers and the Washington Wizards. Indiana which blew Charlotte out the water on Tuesday night uh were on Charlotte's end of uh, of a blowout loss when they failed to show up against uh, against against Washington as uh Russell as Bradley Beal Russell Westbrook and Company took care of business like I said one forty two to one fifteen. Bradley Beale, uh who's been Who's been dealing with uh, with leg issues for the past uh, for the past few games now? Put up twenty five. Put up twenty five points, four assists, five rebounds, uh, in in the ball game. And Russell Westbrook, who again, who you know wasn't perfect, you know wasn't great. Six of nine from the free throw line was fairly decent uh, from the field. Six out of thirteen for eighteen points. Um, he turned over the he turned over the basketball three times. I mean, he and Bradley Beal combined for seven turnovers in the game. Which come the first round when they play uh, when they play the number one seed, the Philadelphia 76ers. They got to cut down on their turnovers. Beal and uh, Westbrook combined if they want to uh, make it a competitive series against against Philadelphia and pull the ultimate eight seed to one uh upset in the first round but, the, but between the two of them they had seven turnovers but uh Rustbook, hell of a uh, not a hell of a but he had a decent performance 18 points 15 assists eight rebounds um, and a steal in the game but again he and Beal got to cut down on the uh cut down on the turnovers uh, if they want to make it a competitive series against uh against Philadelphia as far as Indiana is concerned as far as indiana is concerned i mean they did not have a great night uh combined at the team they shot 36% from 3 85% at the free throw line which was not good sabonis their power forward was was 50% when he went to the line to shoot two. that's not you know that's not uh you know you, you, you can't you cannot under any circumstances get to the line and and go 50% those are free easy give me points you got to capitalize on that um and they just were not and they just were not that good as uh, they were just not that good on uh, Thursday night they had 14 turn they had, it, they, Wizards actually had one more turnover than they did. Wizards had 15 turnovers. Indiana had 14. But, you know, it, it didn't it didn't get the job done. Uh, Holiday played 25 minutes, 6 points. 0 of 5 from the 3-point line, 3 of 10 throughout the entire game. That's not going to get the job done. Brissett, uh, Brissett, excuse me, their other forward shooting 4 of 10. That is isn't going to get you home. Uh, then McDermott, their other uh, four forward that they got there, uh shooting five of twelve from the field, three of seven from three. Again, not good not good either. And then Brogdon, their guard nine of twenty three four nine of twenty-three from the field. I mean over overall I mean overall the Indiana Pacers had a terrible, terrible night shooting the basketball. I mean I mean four of ten, three of ten, and nine of thirteen is not anything to ride home and brag about if you are the Indiana Pacers. they they absolutely dominated Charlotte. Uh, they absolutely dominated Charlotte on Tuesday night, and then they came into Washington and just looked like a completely different basketball team. And you had a feeling that Washington was going to rebound and that Washington was going to win this game uh, after they essentially let Jason Tatum go off for 50 points in their playing game up in Boston. On Tuesday night, so Washington bounced back. They get back into the playoffs as Indiana will go. As Indiana went home, and Washington will play at the minimum the next four games against uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round. But the game out of the two was last night on Friday night between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the playing game in the End Conference for the eighth seed loser goes home. And the uh, Memphis Grizzlies pulled off the quote unquote upset, beating Golden State in overtime, one seventeen to one twelve in overtime. Uh, John Morant, hell of a, I mean, hell of a basketball player. I mean, he keeps it up; he's going to be one of the top five, top ten best point guards in the, in the NBA. Uh, was 14, fourteen of nineteen from the field, uh, shot fifty percent from three, um, but had a thirty five point thirty five point six six rebounds, six assists, four steal. Uh, evening for the Memphis Grizzlies, did an absolutely phenomenal job. Uh, it was up. It was between him and Steph Curry. You know who's gonna win? Who's gonna win that basketball game? The battle between Steph Curry and John Morant. And even though Steph had thirty-nine had had thirty-nine points, John Morant's uh, thirty-five uh, was more significant. And he just had a phenomenal performance from the young player in John Morant. An absolutely phenomenal job. And if you're Golden State, you know it's a tough loss, and you had a hell of a season. All things being considered, you had you lost uh, Clay Thompson uh, a month before the season started, and essentially it was Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, and, and uh, with a little Jordan Poole mixed in every now and then, and 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 do the best you can. Now I understand, I know, I, I can't feel too sorry for the Golden State Warrior fan because again that they were they were one of the winningest basketball teams uh, throughout the mid late two thousand. Uh, tens uh, historically, and you know, winning championship after championship, so I'm not going to feel bad for them. And as soon as Clay Thompson gets back, there's no reason why they won't be up there with the Lakers and the Clippers, and and depending on what happens between uh, how far the Jazz and the uh, Suns go, they're going to be one of the. One of the favorites to go to, to make it to the NBA Finals and in ne- in next heading into next season out of the Western Conference is concerned, so it's not like that they're going to fall off a cliff and stink. But um, but you, I, you, you got you feel you feel a tiny bit bad for him because you figure that you know if if it wasn't for this playing situation, Golden, you know, under regular playoff format, regular set of circumstances, non a non quote unquote, COVID shortened season, you know, Golden State, Golden State would be going up against um, going up against Utah in the first round, and Memphis would be when Memphis would be going home, and that'd be the end of it but because but because of the shortened season and because of the new playing thing the you know the eighth seed as golden state as golden State was heading in this playing tournament you know they were the quote unquote you know eighth seed, which again under current you know in twenty nineteen they'd be they wouldn't have had to play uh went about playing Memphis and uh, and the Lakers the other night they'd be- re- repping and raring to go to uh to go up against Utah in the first round. But because of the plan, they, you know, had the opportunity presented itself for Golden State to get knocked out. Not that Golden State was probably going to go that far in the playoffs anyway. And you'd like to have Golden State, Steph Curry, you know, St- go- the Golden State Warriors has now become a big time uh, team in the NBA, along with you know Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr, the head coach, you know, broadcaster of course, played with Jordan back in the nineties, uh, of uh, obviously, and then of course um, And of course, you know, they got Jordan Poole coming off the bench, the uh, recognizable shooting guard uh, who had who had that uh, buzzer beater a few years ago uh, when he was a member uh, when he was back in Michigan during March Madness a few years back. So, you know, so Golden State would have been a, uh, a big time draw as far as ratings is concerned in the NBA. And if you got Golden State to somehow some way run into the Clippers or see or possibly somehow some way see the Lakers again in the in the in the playoffs, uh Adam Silver would have been Adam Silver and uh I forget does T I think T N T has the East. So I think so I think it would have been ESPN. Regardless, the networks, the networks, and the people that run it, along with Adam Silver, would have been doing handstands. They would have had Golden State, you know, going up against uh, you know, and any team that's going to draw a big-time rating, the Clippers, the Lakers, uh, and even the Suns, because you know you got Chris Paul and uh, Devin Booker, but uh Golden State their season uh, is good night the coup de grace for uh the coup de gras for Golden State is the fact that uh of course Jordan Poole had the uh, on the on the uh on the on one of their last few possessions of note in the overtime period you know Jordan Poole driving on Go- for Golden State's possession and he dribbles the ball out of and he dribbles the ball out of bounds when Golden State I believe at the time was down by 2 with like less with like less than a less than ten seconds left, and he turns and he tur- and he and he turns the ball over out of bounds to essentially ice the game. But um, but job Morant, a phenomenal performance. Golden State, what came back to bite Golden State, which uh, which also which uh, also was their Achilles' heel uh in the laker game too which is why they lost is because of the turnovers memphis turned over the basketball 13 times on friday night to golden state turn over the basketball 21 times i mean draymond draymond green and steph curry by themselves turned over the basketball 13 times between two players that's supposed to be that's supposed to carry the team on it on their backs and get and get them home and Draymond Green and Steph Curry and I understand Draymond Green isn't a fantastic offensive player, but no, but you cannot in a winner take all playing quote unquote playoff type setting between the two players. I understand Curry's great and he had and he put on and he put on a phenomenal show. Thirty nine points, six of fifteen from three did a phenomenal job, best free throw shooter in the league, did a phenomenal job for what it's worth on Friday night with his 39 points. But when you and Draymond Green combined for 13 turnovers and you as a team turn over the basketball 21 times, that you you, you cannot expect to, you, you, I mean, you can't beat, you, you, you shouldn't be. The chances of you beating an NBA team regardless is going to... Sink, And then when John Moran is absolutely playing out of his mind, you know, on the uh, on the Memphis side, you can't expect to win that many basketball games either. I mean, and then, of course, and Gold State was in it as long as they possibly were. And then Poole's turnover and then Poole's turnover late in the overtime period out of bounds was the official Cure Gras to the Golden State Warriors season, and John Morant sends Golden State home fishing for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Uh, and this would be the second straight season in a row now where the Golden State Warriors have failed to make the NBA playoffs but turn, turnovers what, turnovers was golden state's achilles Hill. on top of the fact that on top of the fact that, on top of the fact that when they had the game tied and when they had leads in pointing periods in late in the fourth quarter and a couple of times when they had leads a couple of times in the in that fourth quarter period you know they could not essential they they could kept Memphis too close and it's and then the same thing with Memphis because that game you know to be quite honest with you Memphis is up you know 10 12 some odd points eight points you know it's like yeah I'm watching the game and I'm like Memphis is keeping Golden State way 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 too close for I mean if I'm watching I literally took it from the mindset of if I was a Golden State Warriors fan I'd still feel pretty good right now because even though we're losing Memphis is still like keeping us in this game and like in between Draymond Green turnovers, Steph Curry's gonna hit a, is gonna hit a ridiculous uh, three, is gonna hit a ridiculous three ball to cut the, to cut the eight point deficit down to five, and we're right back and we're like right on top of them, right under their nose, right on their tail to tie in and take a lead in this basketball game, and then I'd say to myself from a Memphis perspective that that you know we're doing well, we're about to knock off Big Bad Golden State to to essentially steal a playoff spot and you know on the road no less and and we're keeping Steph Curry and Golden State in in the ball in the ball game which if I was a Memphis Grizzlies fan I'd be essential you know I'd be ner- I'd be ner- I would have been nervous as hell throughout that entire game throughout that entire game because they kept Golden State in that game way 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 too long that game, for Memphis to win that game, that game, and I understand the greatness of Curry and Draymond Green, but that Memphis should have won that game in the fourth quarter. That game should have not, under any circumstances, gone to overtime. And I feel like in the overtime period that Golden State worked so hard coming back from the deficits that they were down by they worked so hard just to get the game to overtime that by the time they got the overtime, it was almost as if, especially Steph Curry, essentially carrying the team on his back and the tremendous hot streak he had where he had like a phenomenal streak. I harped about it back in the month of April where he went on like a 9, like I think it was like a nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 game streak or thereabouts uh where he scored thirty points or more every single game. So all of that and essentially being the no clay, Durant's gone over in uh over in Brooklyn and there's and there's and there's no um and there and there's no um what's his face? And there's no Clay Thompson. And you just figure like the the, the 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 luck the magic the the uh, the mojo whatever you want to call it finally ran out and the clock struck midnight on the Golden State Warriors. Now Steph Curry's had a phenomenal has had a phenomenal season, but when all is said and done, couldn't couldn't bring his team home, and and even though he had 39 points to John Morant's uh, to John Morant's uh, what 35 35, you know. John John Morant brought brought Memphis home and delivered the goods. Steph Curry did not, and then of course Jordan Poole, who had a nice couple of games Thursday night against um, excuse me Wednesday night against the Lakers, he played pretty well, and then and then uh, made a couple of nice uh, plays against Memphis on Friday night. You know, a vital possession that Golden State has to have and get and score basket on to keep themselves in the game and to essentially keep the game alive. Jordan Pool dribb- dribbles it out of dribbles and loses it out of bounds. Memphis's possession. Golden State's going home fishing. But that was that was. I mean, that that was the official coup de grace. I mean, John Morant played fantastic, but but Pool's turnover was the. You know, was to stake into the heart of the Golden State Warriors season. And again, you can't expect to win basketball games when you're turning over the basketball 21 times in a game. I mean that. I mean that's. I mean that's ridiculous. I mean that's the equivalent of football. You know that that that. You know what that is in football. That's essentially that's staying in the game because because you may be better than your opponent is on paper or you may have a better roster up and down but you end up losing the game cuz your quarterback throws three interceptions and and you f- and you fumbled and you fumbled the ball three times. Meanwhile, your opponent has turned over the football in total twice and you've turned over the football six, three three turnovers thrown by your quarterback and three fumbles. I don't care how good of a team you are, I don't care what I don't care what the roster looks like, I don't care the coaching any of that. You turn over the you turn over the you turn over the basketball, or in football, ski turn over the football. You cannot expect to you cannot expect to win games when you turn over the ball. You got to protect it, and you cannot essentially be giving gifts, giving gifts, to to uh, to Memphis. And Golden State had that issue in the Laker game on Wednesday night. You know they had they had a decent lead against against the Lakers on Wednesday night. But go, but Golden State essentially pissed down the leg and turned over the basketball left and right and kept LeBron James and Anthony Davis in it, and lo and behold, LeBron James comes out of nowhere, uh, sinks a three in Steph Curry's face, and Golden State's going home, and the Lakers have the seventh seed. So that 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 and that and that's what killed Golden State against the Lakers the other night. Turning over the basketball nine million times. So especially, especially in the second half against against the Lakers, that's why they lost that game. And in this game no different, except the fact that they didn't have a lead for the majority of the game. They they willed their way to come to come back and get into the overtime, but they turned over the basketball one too many times. And that's and that's why they lost. Along with the uh, along with the uh, with the uh, with the tremendous talent in their point guard in John Moran. So there you go. Take a break. Get to the first round of the 2021 NBA playoffs. Don't go anywhere. I'm a telecateria podcast. Welcome back to the T I T.I.S. podcast. Switching gears now uh, and segueing our way into the 2021 NBA playoffs as they kick off this weekend. Um, just to give you my uh, two cents as we head into uh, NBA playoff basketball for the second time in as many months. Uh, this time we're back on schedule playing playoff games in the spring instead of Late summer, early fall, but uh, you got. Let's do the east first, then we go to the west, and then go about it from there. Of uh, the east, you get a couple. You get a. You get your first round matchups in the east: of Miami, Milwaukee, uh, Boston, and Brooklyn, Washington, and Philadelphia, and the Hawks and the Knicks. And I'll go in the order in which the game ones are played here uh, this weekend, here in the month of May. You get Miami and Milwaukee a rematch from last year's postseason. When Giannis got hurt and Milwaukee, you know, did the best they could. They avoided the sweep with uh, with Chris Middleton's phenomenal performance in that game four, but they were absolutely dominated and routed against the the Miami Heat and in, in the and lost that series in five games back in uh back in uh, early of uh, last September. Um, Milwaukee, you know, they don't have the number one seed this year. Um, that goes to Philadelphia. Uh, but Be interesting to see, you know, Giannis, everyone talks about Giannis, one of the best players in the NBA. Giannis, one of the best players in the Eastern Conference. It's going to be interesting to see uh, if if Giannis can actually get if more if Giannis can get Milwaukee into a nice little deep playoff run because if they lose to Miami again back back seasons when Miami has essentially ham and egg their way into the into the postseason after a very shaky season that they've had this past year, yeah, Milwaukee and Giannis will never hear the end of it especially if they are non competitive and lose to Miami again. Uh, this time here, in, you know, here in the first round. Um, so yeah, so I want to see Giannis, and I want to see the Milwaukee Bucks make a deep playoff run here in the M- here in the NBA playoffs this year. Then on the Miami side of things, listen, you know, in order for them to get back to the NBA finals, they're going to have to earn it. Going through Giannis again, they're going to have to go through Brooklyn. Uh, they're going to have to go through Brooklyn, and then they might have to go through, you know, most likely Philadelphia and New York to take your pick. Um, but so if they somehow, some way make it back to the NBA Finals, they will have earned it because they probably will, might have the hardest, uh, maybe them more so than the Lakers. They may have like the hardest uh, pathway to defending their Eastern Conference championship than the Lakers do at defending the NBA championship coming out of the west um but Miami's gonna have to work cut out for him here in this best of seven series um me personally you want me to pick i'll say i will say me personally i will take my me personally and I understand that the game that the that the miami milwaukee game is already uh st- has already started. Um, by the time this episode comes out, so I'm not trying to, you know, play. I'm not trying to play the results here, but I'll say if you want my prediction, I'll go, go Miami in six for that series. Y- I, Giannis and Milwaukee has have to has to show me something before I essentially just, you know pick them automatically to go deep into the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, The other matchup in the East between Boston and Brooklyn, Boston is a very, very, very shaky, very uh, inconsistent team. You know, for example, this past, the last couple of days, you know, they, they play like they deserve to be in the NBA finals when Jason Tatum put up 50 and they uh, did a nice job of beating uh, Washington the other the other night. They play they put like that one night and then the next night they'll have a tw- they'll have a 15, 20, 21 point lead against the against you know against the against the next opponent and they'll and they'll and they'll f- and they'll uh, fart it in between, in between the cheeks, and the next thing, you, and the next thing you know, they lose, the, they lose the basketball game by basket or as much as ten, fifteen points. So Boston is a very complicated and a very inconsistent, weird team. They play like rope beaters in the team their head, that they have the potential and the capability of being one night, and then the next night they completely fall on their face and, and play like a team, you know, and, and play like a and play like a, a nine or a tenth or an eleven or a twelfth seeded team as far in the Eastern Conference. Um, And then they're going up against a team that they cannot afford to have any off nights against. Because if Boston has one off night, that is it. If Boston comes out uh, eight o'clock on Saturday night in the the first game in the first game in round one and fall flat on their face and fail to show up, uh, it will will be it will be a quick four, if not five games, because you know because the Nets might take a night off a quick four or five games and I'll be it and Boston can uh, go up and can go and Go up to uh, Nantucket with Belichick and fish, and spend their and and uh, go up to Nantucket with Belichick, and then and then come and check in at Martha's Vineyard, um, <laughs> and go and spend there and spend the rest of their uh, summer uh, fishing and uh, farting around up in uh, up in those two locations up in Massachusetts. Uh, if they have one one off night, they're cooked. Uh, meanwhile, Brooklyn, who was going to be everybody's uh, was going to be everybody's picking, everybody's uh, quote-unquote favorite to uh, to make it out of the Eastern Conference to make it to the NBA Finals, they essentially uh, Durant, Durant, Harden, and um, Kyrie Irving. Uh, they all they all have to play for one thing. They all have to play. They all have to stay healthy, and they all have to and they and they gotta have. And that's, a, and that's another and that's a big reason why many people aren't as sold as Brooklyn to win the Eastern Conference is because of the fact that they've only played a handful of games, a handful of games together with the, as the big three in this NBA season. They have, not, they have not played that. They have not played that many games together. They have not they have not played that many. That they have, and that's, and that is going to be a problem because and I said it before and I'll say it again, you know it's this isn't mb this isn't NBA two k my team where you know you can you can uh, get players off an auction block you know, and and spend, and go ahead and spend VC on certain players and stick them together on your team. And then, you know, and then come game time, you load the game up and all of a sudden they play like the, and all of a sudden they play like the 98 Bulls. Life does not work that. Life and real sports in the real world outside of a video game does not work like that. They got to prove to America and they got to prove to themselves that they can that they can coexist within one another and play the big 3 Harden Irving Durant and play with all three of each other consistently on a night in night out basis and have top tier team chemistry because because even if they because if they don't they're going to be in for a rough ride in the playoffs, the rest of the, the rest of May and all through June, if if uh, if they aren't uh, as uh, in sync as uh, as they as they should be and as they want to be, if they want to win the Eastern Conference, so that's got to be the key: the chemistry between Durant, Harden, and uh, and Kyrie Irving, and then the and then the uh, second to last matchup in the East between Washington and Philadelphia, Washington. Uh, Washington making it out of the, of course, winning the playing tournament and uh, making it in as the eighth seed going against number one Philadelphia. Philadelphia uh, has a lot to prove. Uh, Doc Rivers has to, uh, Doc Rivers has to, um, has to, uh, Doc Rivers himself personally has to get over the fact that, you know, the last NBA, the last uh, playoff series he coached as a matter for the uh, for the um, L.A. Clippers, as a matter of fact, he he ch- a huge huge choke job in the playoffs last year. Meanwhile, Philadelphia is still trying to get over the hump, you know, with the Kawhi shot and and how god awful they were with their former coach in Brett Brown last August and and the pathetic playoff performance that was for Philadelphia last season. So Doc Rivers himself getting over a huge letdown in last year's playoffs in the 76ers as a team, Embiid, Simmons, everybody else, that was a part of that roster last year. Now this year, they they essentially have no they – they're the number one, but they have no margin for error. I mean, there should be not, no reason. No, And I understand Brooklyn is, is the quote-unquote favorite to make it out the East. But if Philadelphia does not make it deep and is not playing in the conference finals, it will be a huge, 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 huge letdown they have a new they have a new coach Brett they got Brett Brown out of there what's the what's the excuse this time Doc Rivers won an NBA championship I mean it's it's it's, it's for the for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers has put up a shut-up time you know Embiid get the job done Simmons who, who can't shoot he's got to find ways to contribute um, to contribute uh, to contribute something positive to his team, other than being a thirst trap for the female ladies watching in the stands at the Wells Fargo Center, and as far as the Wizards are concerned, see if they can do the impossible and pull off the upset against Philadelphia, uh, and see if Russell Westbrook can have a couple of legendary playoff performances, something that has uh, something that has a. Uh, Something that's been hard to come by as far as Russell Westbrook and his NBA career, um, and then moving on to the last Eastern Conference, uh, moving on to the last Eastern Conference uh, matchup here in the playoffs, and that is between Atlanta and New York. Um, Atlanta with Trey Young getting back into the mix in the NBA playoffs, and then, of course the New York Knicks, who they, they themselves are most happy to be here. They are so tickets are selling like hotcakes. Up there in Madison Square Garden for the Knicks, their first playoff series since 2013. Um, so it'll, it'll, Julius Randle's done a phenomenal job. Derrick Rose has also uh, done has done the best he could in his uh, next quote in his uh, in this sort of next phase of his um, NBA career that could have went that could have went so much higher if it wasn't for unfortunate injuries. But you got the Knicks and you got Atlanta in the East. Um, I say give me, I say, and people say the Knicks aren't going to win a playoff series. Give me the Knicks. Run with the Knicks. Give me the Knicks to win that playoff series. And I go six games with that. And I will say Philadelphia will beat Washington um, in five. And give me Brooklyn to win against Boston in five. Nah, I say four. I'll say Brooklyn has a clean sweep. Why not? take a break get to the western conference nba playoffs back after this yeah. oh, Just, Welcome yeah, back right here, to doing? the Amptilica TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the Western Conference as far as the NBA playoffs are concerned. Um, let's go right through here in the first round. Uh, the first one on the docket is between Dallas and L.A., uh, and that also was a rematch of last year's playoffs. Luca, of course, he had the phenomenal, uh, phenomenal performance in the overtime uh, buzzer beater against. Excuse me, Los Angeles last August, um, as those two will battle out on, with LA again. Put up or and same thing with Philadelphia, put up a shut up time. You know, new coach, you got Tyloo, you know, Kawhi and Paul George, pandemic P <clears throat> who's overrated. Um, it's put up a shut up time for the for the Clippers. You got a higher seed than the Lakers do. You've been you've been a you you've been a steady You've been a steady team all season long. I understand Dallas is good, not as good as they were last year, regular season wise. But you, you rematch against Dallas, where you lost two last year, get the job done, LA, with the Clippers. I mean, all I ever heard about is Clippers this, Clippers that, and that inferiority complex that they have with the Lakers, and they never do a damn thing in the postseason. I mean, they've yet to—I think—I think—I don't think—I don't even think it's one. I don't think they've ever been to a conference finals. In their history as a franchise, so if 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 they don't get it done this year and and make it to a comp, I'm sick and tired of him with the L.A. Clippers and never again. If they fall flat on the fees this year, I don't hear not a murmur, not a peep about L.A. being favored uh, in an NBA championship of any kind. I don't care if I don't care if Jerry West is suiting up with Kawhi Leonard. K.K.L.S. Get get it done, L.A. My goodness gracious. Um, and I think that series, for all points and purposes, could go a full seven games. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to win, though, to be quite honest with you. Um, second series in the Western Conference is Portland is between Portland and Denver, and Portland with Damian Lillard, who's had a phenomenal, fantastic season this year. Uh, Average has had a phenomenal, fantastic season this year for Portland. A fantastic, fantastic job. And then Denver with, and then Denver with Jokic. Uh, MVP candidate, uh, for MVP candidate, and Jokish without Jamal Murray for the majority of this season. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, not having Jamal Murray going up against Damian Lillard every single night is going to come back. Is, is going to is going to uh, come back to bite him eventually. Um, I like Portland in this series, me personally, and that series is going to get buried. That that and the Utah series, those two series, you will you you will you will have to stay up till one o'clock in the morning, and have to you know that's going to be the series that's going to get you know the uh, the D team announcers for A, for ESPN and TNT when they all when they all that series is going that series is going to be buried. You'll find miami Milwaukee, because it's a rematch of last year, and it's Giannis and Miami is defending Eastern Conference champion. You'll find Dallas and the Clippers with uh, Luka, and of course LA is LA, and they got um, Kawhi Leonard, of course. You'll find Boston and Brooklyn because it's the two big markets in Boston and New York City, not to mention Brooklyn is a heavy favorite, favorite, and they got the superstars on the team. Um you'll find Washington and Philadelphia, Westbrook Embiid and of course Philadelphia is a big time market. Uh, Los Angeles and Phoenix, of course, that they'll have because it's, uh, it's LeBron James, of course, and it is the uh, and it is the Los Angeles Lakers. And you'll find the and you'll find Atlanta and the Knicks because the Knicks are everyone's are of course the uh, the Cinderella story of the NBA season. New York City and the Knicks are back in the playoffs, and the Knicks in the playoffs is 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 of always 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 going to draw and then, but but the series that will be buried is Portland and Denver and Memphis and Utah. You are going to have to stay up till uh you're gonna to have to stay up till uh you know twelve thirty one o'clock in the morning. You know, if if any of those games throughout the next couple of days end up uh, going into the wee hours of the morning, overtime, late fourth quarter, whatever it is, those those two games, those two matchups, those two series will be buried by the NBA. 10:30, 9:30 at night, you will not. If you're a casual basketball fan, you probably make, you probably can count on one hand how many how many games you'll see of those two. Between Memphis and Utah, and Portland and Denver combined, you can count on your hand. So th- those 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 two series are going to get. I mean, Portland and Denver on Saturday night, ten thirty at night. After you've, been, after you've been watching basketball all day, ten thirty at night, and then you got Washington and Philadelphia at one o'clock on Sunday on Sunday afternoon. I mean, the ma- the majority majority of the people on the East Coast is going to hit the sack. One to the clock, it's triple zeros between Boston and Brooklyn on ABC on Saturday night. But that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, Did I get all the West Memphis and Utah? Yeah, Memphis with John Moran, of course. Phenomenal performance coming off of uh, their win against Golden State on Friday night going up against Utah. Going up against, uh, going up against the Utah Jazz, number one seed, um, in the number one seed on Western Conference this year. Of course, taking advantage of the fact that the Lakers have essentially uh, crawled and and have and have f- had to fight their way into the playoffs to make it this far. As that will be an interesting series in the West between Memphis and Utah. Give me Memphis in five, there. Los Angeles over Phoenix. I skipped over that one. Um, Give me Los Angeles in six and Portland in in, uh, seven. As far as the Lakers and Suns are concerned, LeBron, you know, can he see out the eye in the whole... A uh, three rim, you know, he got hit in the eye, and and it was funny because Laker fans, every everyone on social media, on my feed, and Laker fans were roasting LeBron with the acting. G- performance that he put on when he got hit in the head by a Draymond Green the other night and was getting dragged all over the internet, people were like, LeBron, all that actor, we better see an eye patch on you the next game saying I could I could see three rims and in he aimed for the middle. LeBron, you know, if that's comes with LeBron's shtick, unfortunately, the fact that he's gotta feel the need to dramatize it and 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 be and be for lack of a better word, extra when it comes to stuff like that. But he's a phenomenal player nevertheless and one of the clutchest shots of his NBA career um, over Steph Curry the other night. Um, so he gotta stay, he's got he got to stay healthy, um, do the best he can on that injured ankle. He and Anthony Davis will man the ship in Los Angeles. And then uh, essentially have Alex Caruso and everybody else get out the way and just let LeBron James uh, run the show. Uh, and as far as Phoenix is concerned with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, See if this maybe this is the year, maybe this is the time where Chris Paul, you know, had you know, it has and that's avoided him throughout his entire NBA career, couldn't get it done with couldn't get it done with the Clippers, was oh so close to making it to the promised land when he was a member of the Rockets and then he busted up his hamstring and then the next night uh and then the next night the Rockets couldn't throw the couldn't throw the ball off a boat into the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, in that famous game where they missed 27, uh, 27 or however it was more than 20 I mean, was it tw- i think might have been 27 straight three-pointers in a row against Golden State But let's see uh let's see if Phoenix has a little uh has a little uh luck or 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 uh whatever you want to call it uh left in their season to upset uh the Los Angeles Lakers the defending champs and make it into uh and make a deep run as far as the western conference is concerned that means we seen chris paul Devin booker going up against lebron james and anthony davis um and real quick lebron will not be suspended um because it, NBA was made aware that he broke the broke covet protocols he was uh you know he was out party in doing this, you know, doing what LeBron does, and that's essentially building his brand, and that was breaking NBA uh, protocols, and he said he won't be suspended. Listen, when you're LeBron James, and you play for the Los Angeles Lakers, you play by different rules. Not saying that it's right, you know, if it was the NFL, you know, the player gets this, well, I, I don't even know if I'd go that far, but... But everyone, what is that? What is Adam Silver going to do? LeBron James is more powerful than Adam Silver. LeBron James, in, in all tents and all uh, purposes, he's the de facto commissioner of the NBA. So, so what is Adam Silver going to do? But he won't be suspended uh, for breaking the uh, COVID protocols. Um, take a break. I got one baseball thing, one baseball point to close out the show. And that is my Baltimore Orioles, who have just been an absolutely eyesore to watch. Sound off on them to close out the show. Back after this. Welcome back to the I'm going tell it like TIA's podcast. Switching gears now to my Baltimore Orioles, who uh, have fallen off the cliff of decent, watchable, somewhat winning baseball and have fallen flat on their face into the abyss because they are an absolute eyesore, and an absolute pain, and an absolute just... Disgrace to watch play the game of baseball, and i 'd expect for me to give you this this tirade sometime in the middle of the season where you start to you know start to separate the men from the boy i don 't even know where to begin the starting pitching let me just first let 'll begin with that the starting pitching has been so bad has been so bad to watch so bad i it, it, it's it's i i struggle to put into words how bad the starting pitching is let us i mean first of all let's start let's just start back from the Red sox series after means is no hitter okay let's let's start there let's start there okay Matt harvey who stinks four innings. Four hits, four runs. I mean, what, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Matt Harvey can't go past the fifth inning. Ugh, get what else is new? And then we go. And then let's go ahead and look Saturday, which was which was an absolute joke. Saturday, go ahead and look at who starting that pitching. Lo Zach Lothar. Who? What? Yeah, Zach Lothar. Uh, who? I don't even know where they got this dude from, but they need to send him back to wherever he was pitching prior to May the eighth, when he was a part of my Baltimore Orioles. Okay, and don't sit up here and say, "Well, who are you? You're just a fan." Look, that my team, my team, my team. They just got. Listen, I've been a fan of this team since since I've been able to since I was able to talk. Okay. They're my team. So if I tell a player facetiously into a microphone to get off my team, I mean get off my team. Because I'm sick and tired of these bum no-counts sitting here putting on my orange and black Orioles uniform and staking up the joint and embarrassing themselves. This Zach Lothar chump couldn't get out of the third inning. Against the Red Sox, Mother's Day weekend on that Saturday. Two and a third, seven hits, seven runs, and two walks. And he gave up a home run. That is pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And an Armstrong who stinks. Who stinks. Let's pick on him for a minute. Sean Armstrong. This season. And 15 and two-thirds innings pitched has an ERA of over eight. Over eight. Over eight. In his last seven games, his ERA is 6.75. He has given up 15 hits, seven runs, four walks. Last 15 games, 15 innings pitch, 23 hits allowed, 13 Thirteen. Thirteen Earn runs. Eight walks. He stinks. He stinks. He walks the ballpark, gives up too many hits, and can't get guys out. Let's go to the Mets series. Oh, that was fun. Let's go to the Mets series. John Means... Pitch is an absolute gem. Six innings. Six innings of no run, of six hit, zero run baseball. Adam Plutko comes in. Gives up one run. Walks the ballpark, though. He and Tanner Scott, he comes in. He and Tanner Scott combined walk the ballpark. And then Valdez comes in to try to slam the door and have us escape out of the first night in Flushing with a win. He comes in, gives up three hits, two runs, and loses the game. And they come in the next afternoon, Matt Harvey, who once again can't get out of the fifth inning... Goes four and a third, eight hits, seven runs, and stinks up the joint. And then meanwhile, the offense, essentially, they left their brain or they left their bat or they were somewhere else because they obviously weren't prepared to play a baseball game and essentially were sleepwalking on May the 12th against the New York Metropolitans. Then they come home to play the Yankees, come home to play the Yankees this past weekend, and they had a 4-2 to two lead heading into the 7th inning. All for Gio Urshela to come off the bench in the 7th inning and hit a pinch-hit three-run home run to give us the coup de grace and hand us the L last Friday night. And and who was that home run off of, you may ask? That home run hit by uh, Gio Urshela. Off of Lankins, Sr., who also stinks, coming out of the bullpen. And Cole Soltzer, who stinks. And Adam Plutko, who stinks. As far as I'm concerned, every single pitcher wearing an Orioles uniform, whose last name is not John Means, Stinks. And I, quite frankly, could give a damn about what their ERA is and what their whip is and what some stupid, asinine sabermetric stat you give me to sit up here and try to prove to me that this pitching rotation from the starting rotation on down to the last man in the bullpen is any good. Because they all stink and they're all trash every single one of them and people sit there trying to tell me, "Well, Valdez, it's not Valdez is not that ba- Valdez is not that bad. I never understand. You know, the 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 hate that Valdez gives he, you know, he's a decent pitcher." I'm like, "Listen. He's blown what? Like 2 3 saves already this season? Which for a good closer, you're not supposed to be blowing saves left and right." Okay, and if you're saying, "Well, my head and and I'm still stuck on the grade of a closer that Zach Britton was, once upon a time," then you know what my response to that? Good, because if I have high standards, why am I gonna? If I experience something good, why am in something that's top quality, top notch? Why in the world would, if if whatever the reason that good top quality stuff is, is not available right now or no longer exists for me to get it, why in God's name would I sink my expectations to what's available? I'm not doing it. So the restaurants because so the restaurants out of filet mignon that means that means I should lower my standards to to a to a to a frozen beef patty. No. No. I'm I'm keeping I'm, keep I'm I'm still have the same standard because I want winning, and I want. And any other Oriole fan that's worth their salt should want and expect excellence from this team. And I understand that we're not a World Series contender. No kidding. But for the love of God, can you for once, in your lousy lives as a franchise, prove to the fans and prove to America that you're worth the three and a half hours I give to my life watching you sorry chumps play? the game, the sport, will It was like, oh, Valdez. Valdez has a career ERA of over four, or excuse me, of over five. And as a closer, that is pathetic. And as a closer, oh, his ERA is below three. He ain't a starter, he's a closer. His ERA should look like my GPA when I was in that seventh grade. It should say one point something. His ERH look like my middle school GPA. Low and close to zero. You're a closer. Meaning when I put you in in a 2-1 ball game... I shouldn't have to see you essentially struggle to throw strikes, walk the ballpark, blow the save, and blow the ball game altogether entirely. I should put you in, expect you to get them out. One, two, three. Uno, dos, tres. So I can turn the game off, have the satisfaction of a win, and either go to bed happy and not pissed off, or get on with the rest of my day in a good mood. I mean, they stink. The starters can't make it deep in the ball games. They gotta pull them out of the second inning because they stink. Walk the ballpark, giving up base hits at left and right. I mean, I swear, it's like watching the Oprah Winfrey show. You get a base hit, you get a base hit, you get a base hit, you get a base. Everybody gets base hits and runs. Here you want a home run? Here you can take it. Hey, you want a three-run home run? Here we can take it. And before you blink an eye, before you ever have a, have a chance to sit down and pass gas, the Orioles are down six to one, and you look at the the, but what, the game started fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, they're they're down eight nothing already. And they got to sit up here and look at chumps like DJ Stewart and Ryan Mountcastle who can't hit the way out of a paper bag, sit down and go 0 for 4 with with 7 strikeouts combined between the two of them. The only players on this team that's worth their salt is Man Saney and Cedric Mullins. haven't had a nickel for every single time Michael Franco struck out. I made some bonehead, dopey mistake at third base. I'll be rolling in money. My God, where's Manny Machado or Melvin Moore or Brooks Robinson when you need them? My goodness gracious. So the starting rotation outside of the mean stinks. Can't make it deep in the games. Harvey can't get past the fifth inning. Lothar, Lothar, whatever his name is, stinks. Get out of my sight. Jorge Lopez is complete and utter unmitigated disaster. Dean Kramer's pathetic and an absolute and is, is offensive to the senses to watch play the sport. Matt Harvey stinks, old and wash up. Can't get out of the fifth inning, get out of my face. And then the bullpen, which somehow's way it was alleged to be the one of the top five, top ten best in baseball, and that's gone down the toilet. Partly because, partly because the. The, the bloom has gone off the rose and they're not that good and or it's the fact that they're taxed to no end because the starters can't make it deep in the ball games. I, mean, I don't get it I do not get it and it's like when the bats when when the bats show up and they hit bull, bullpen can't seal the deal means pitch as well Wednesday night against Tampa I mean let me go. Let me go back to the Tampa game for a minute. How in God's name does Trey Mancini have a four-hit night, hit two home runs, have five RBIs? John means pitches leaves the game with a two-run lead. How in the, and they have the lead starting out five How in the world, in the world, do they somehow, some way, blow the lead? And lose the game by three, by two, three runs or more. How is that possible? How do you let Trey Mancini, who is a cancer survivor, have a five RBI night and you spoil it because your bullpen stinks? Stinks. They are offensive to the senses. They are pathetic. Only them could blow a 5 nothing lead, have Means pitch well, leave, leave the game on the hook for the win, have Mancini have a 5-RBI night, and then at the same time, the same time, Lose the game with the winning run on at the plate and with the tying run on first base. I mean, I mean with them you, you can't make it up. They are inventing, inventing new ways to lose games. Paul Fry, what get out of my sight? You make me sick! Every single last one of you, you make me want to vomit. Plutgo, you stink. Get out of my face. All of you, you make me sick. Every single time I look at you as play, I want to vomit. Every single last one of you, you stink at your job. Don't find a new way to make money and pay your mortgage because you're not doing it, playing on my baseball team, stinking and losing games every single night. And how about Brandon Hyde get off his hide, put his foot up there behind and get him to stop blowing games left and right. They come off that loss on Wednesday night and essentially, like the, like the Met game, their head is up in the clouds and they don't even bother to show up on Thursday. Lose the game 10-1. I mean, are you kidding me? They have not won a series, a series, since Means is no hitter on the 5th of the month. I said Series. Not Siri, shut up. These dopey computers. They have not won a series since Means is no hitter at the beginning of the month. They have lost one, two, three, four series in a row. And since Means is no hitter, they have won... a a astonishing two games. They are, they have lost nine out of their last 11. And they have lost four in a row. They are 10 games back of first place with a negative 43 run differential. And in case you think they could embarrass themselves enough, just wait until I give you their record at home. Oh, you all haven't seen nothing yet. Wait, I mean, they, they are actually charging the public money to watch these chumps play. Their record at home is 6-18. and 18 Think about that from six and eighteen at home. They have won six, a collective six home games this season. I'm so sick of this. I'm sick of the owner. I'm sick of the manager. I'm sick and tired of looking at that disgusting putrid bullpen. I'm sick of Michael Franco striking out. I'm sick and tired of looking at Ryan Mountcastle swing and miss like he's he's golfing at the PGA Championship. I'm sick of all of them. I don't want to hear any excuses. Well, it's, it's a rebuild, and well, this, and well, that, well, rebuild this, rebuild that. Listen, do you understand that I, praise be to God, this time next week, I will have been on this earth for 19 years. And in those 19 years, do you know that that the Orioles have only had a plus 500 record? That's, that's they've won. 81 games or more. You realize that they have only done that in my lifetime. Four times. Then 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Actually, five times. Five times. So I cut, I cut them a year short. I can count on one hand how many times Orioles have actually been worth spending three and a half hours sitting down and watching. Five times. Five mother bleeping times. The 14 other years, they've been a league laughing stock. They're a crappy team playing in a beautiful ballpark. It's like, how much more do I have to put up with this? Because if Angels obviously doesn't care, it's time for Manfred to step in and have him sell the freaking team. Because obviously that old bat cares nothing, nothing, about the fans that live and die by this ball club. This team is offensive to the senses to watch play. From the pitching staff on down to the seven out of the nine players in that lineup that can't hit their weight, to stupid bonehead ass nine fielding errors I see on a night and night out basis. The starting pitchers that can't make it past the fifth and sixth inning if the fate of the universe depended on it. To the, to the god-awful bullpen that can't hold a lead the way, that can't, that ha- fail to hold a lead like many three-year-olds fail to hold themselves going to the bathroom. They stink. That's all there is to it. They think just because John Means threw a no-header that they won a World Series or something. You ain't won nothing. <laughs> My God. I think it's because he threw a no-header. What do you think? You're World Series champions all of a sudden? My goodness gracious. And then they have the nerve to charge the fans money to come and to come and watch them play when they're six and eighteen at home and can't and can't win a home game if the fate of the universe depended on it. Do nothing but stink up the joint and essentially and essentially piss on every single Orioles fan. And that's all they do. Can't stand it. I, cannot, I, would, I would think that, that the wheels would come off in, like, July and August, you know, later on in the season when they start to separate the men from the boys, so to speak, and you figure, okay, well, all right, it was good while it lasted, whatever. But this team was essentially good for about two, three weeks and had a great moment one day, one time in the month of May and have done nothing but hit the wall and fallen flat on their face for the, throughout the rest of the month. And I don't want to hear that, they, that they've had a quote-unquote hard schedule either. because Because outside of playing... Because outside of playing... Outside of playing, really, Oakland, Boston... And New York, you have the, the the Orioles and and the Mets. It has not exactly been heavy lifting. Okay, they were not good against Seattle at home, and they should have swept Texas, who stinks. And so I went here, hear well the schedule. Tell the schedule. When the game is you're supposed to win, if you're up five nothing after the 5th or 6th inning and you take John Means up to go to your bullpen and Trey Mancini who's who's played out of his mind coming off of colon cancer is supposed to win the game. I don't give a crap if the, I don't give a crap if the if the if the 98 Yankees are your opponent. You win the baseball game. I don't care. I don't care if Hank I don't care if Hank Aaron uh Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, uh Joe DiMaggio are in the lineup. Five nothing lead after five six sub minutes as paid professionals getting paid millions, win the game and finish the deal. Will you please? And quit and quit this choking nonsense. God that this team makes me sick to no end, I swear. we end on that note. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Amatelic TIS Podcast. If you're new to the program, you like what you heard, please subscribe. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DJShield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore itis. It, it's your boy Josh Shields. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. I will talk to you Wednesday. Get vaccinated if you haven't already. See ya.